0: what's going on guys welcome back to one stop shop let's get right into this episode we got a lot to talk about today so let's get right into it all right so a little recap from this weekend's fights aj mckee he beat patricio pitbull for the featherweight championship in bellator and won the final of the featherweight grand prix in like 90 seconds into the first round he landed a really impressive head kick and he stunned Pipple. And then he got him in a guillotine, and Pipple, like, barely tapped, but, like, he was definitely going out. So that was definitely a very exciting fight. And it was very quick. And AJ McKee, obviously, is in Bellator, and this might have made Dana White notice him even more than. If he already hadn't known who he was. But definitely a really crazy performance by AJ McKee. New featherweight champion in Bellator. And he said that that might have been his last fight at 145 at the featherweight. And he plans to move up to lightweight where Pitbull is still the champion. So these guys could definitely fight again. And I don't really know what Pitbull could do differently to stop A.J. McKee, and yeah, it was just like a really impressive fight. I thought it would last like at least a couple rounds, but it didn't even last two minutes, so if you guys haven't seen that yet go on YouTube, A.J. McKee versus Patricio Pitbull, it was very hyped up, and it was in Los Angeles, and that's where McKee is from. And his dad was in his corner. He's been his coach his whole entire life. He's a former fighter. Antonio McKee. And yeah, that's pretty much that. And then UFC from this past weekend. We had a bunch of decent fights. Even though there weren't too many superstars on this card. But we had... A pretty good fight between Uriah Hall and Sean Strickland. Strickland really had the advantage on the ground, and a few inadvertent shots that landed low blows to Hall definitely affected him a little bit. And yeah, his four or five win streak is now over. Sean Strickland definitely moved into the top 10 in the middleweight division. And, yeah, it was a pretty good fight. And then he said in his post-fight interview in the Octagon, he was like, if I didn't have the UFC, I'd probably be cooking meth in a trailer somewhere. So he's a very unique fighter. And, yeah, definitely not afraid to let people know how he lives his life. (laughs) Definitely a wild card. And then there was a crazy fight between Cheyenne Bay's and I forget who she fought. But anyway, this girl is married to a, another UFC fighter, JP Bays. <clears throat> and she basically said that she moved to Las Vegas to further her career and she wasn't really making too much money ever in her life and she got the fifty K bonus. Fuck Gloria De Paula, And she knocked her out With a kick In the first round And yeah Definitely really impressive She has a bright future In the women's strawweight division Yeah someone needs to fight Rose Namajunas Eventually so Yeah That was an impressive fight And Jared Gooden knocked out Nicholas Stoltz with a vicious KO in the first round. And also a crazy fight was Melsig Bagdharasharian. That's a hard name. Harasharian. I believe he's from Armenia. And he fought Colin Anglin. And this kid was very aggressive. He started off, like, firing shots, like, at 100%, like, right at Anglin. And, yeah, his kicks were very, very sharp. And they had a lot of power behind them. So, if he got caught with one, it was going to end him. And he got caught. And... Melsic, I'll call him. He got the victory. Very impressive. Then there was a crazy fight between Jason Wood and Brian Barbarena. Jason Wood picked up the victory. 19 and 7. There was an absolute war between Chris Grutzmacher against Rafa Garcia. Grutzmacher got the win. And These guys were beating the shit out of each other. Very close fight. This could have been a draw, and there were a few fouls in this fight. I believe there was a low blow and, like, an eye poke. So, like, it got stopped a few times, so this fight was pretty long. Anyway, Danny Chavez against Kai Kamaka. Oh, wait, that was the fight that got the point deducted. Kakamaka got a point deducted for a low blow. And then an eye poke against Danny Chavez. And that was a draw. And then Jin Yu Fry against Ashley Yoder in the women's strawweight division. Fry got the victory via unanimous decision. She really like dominated the whole entire fight, really. Yoder took a lot of damage, took a lot of shots, and she put out a lot of strikes herself, but Fry landed a lot of shots and took her down, so that was a good one. And then to start off the fight card, Phil Rowe versus Orion Koshy, who got a contract on the Contender Series. Phil Rowe looked pretty impressive. He was getting his ass kicked in the first round, and then he came back, and he really started landing some kicks, and he landed a barrage of shots on Koshi and dropped him, and that was the end of the fight. And Zaruk Adashev against Ryan Benoit. Adashev got the victory. Very impressive fighter. He fights out of New York, and yeah. He's definitely one to watch in the flyweight division. Obviously, they're looking for contenders all the time. For Brandon Moreno, obviously, I was about to say Cody Garbrandt is going down to 125, apparently. He plans on fighting for the title right away. So that division was almost at the brink of extinction, and now it's one of the... Divisions that people are trying to cut down to to go and fight for that title. So, anyway, this weekend we got UFC 265 headlined by Derek Lewis versus Cyril Gunn from the Toyota Center in Derek Lewis's hometown of Houston, Texas. This is on pay per view. It was supposed to be co headline with Amanda Nunez against Juliana Pena, but that fight got move, I mean, postpone due to COVID. So the co-main event of this card is Jose Aldo against Pedro Munoz. That's a crazy fight in the Bantamweight division. Let's see if Aldo still got it. Michael Chiesa against Vicente Luque. Tisha Torres against Angela Hill. One of my favorite fighters in the women's strawweight division. Angela Hill fights all the time. She's a badass. She doesn't take any shit from anybody. And she tries to win any time that she gets in the octagon. And that is often. So, And then we got Song Yadong against Casey Kenny. That's a great fight. Casey Kenny, very high-level jujitsu jitsu guy. Good wrestling. Song Yadong, obviously great on his feet. So that's going to be an interesting one. Bobby Green against Rafael Faziz. Should go on. Bobby Green, longtime veteran. That's in the lightweight division. Vince Morales against Draco Rodriguez in the bantamweight division. Alonzo Menafield versus Ed Herman in the light heavyweight division. That should be filled with fireworks. And that's pretty much it for UFC 265. Should be a good one. That's for the interim heavyweight championship in the main event between Derek Lewis and Cyril Gunn. Should be a good one. But I don't know how well it's going to do on pay-per-view. No lie. Like, as an interim title, like, I'm a fan of Francis Ngannou, so, like, When all of the negotiations were going down with Francis about getting his next fight, I kind of, like, wasn't really a fan of how they handled that with the UFC, and they basically, like, went behind his back after they apparently, like, knew when he wanted to fight, so, like, that's just my opinion, but I'm looking forward to seeing when Francis and Gano fights again. Obviously, the card in New York City, where it's supposed to be for UFC 268, could be one of the biggest cards of the year. Obviously, it's already signed on for the welterweight championship between Kamara Usman and Colby Covington. And then, I mean, like, I guess this is the co-main event. Michael Chandler against Justin Gaethje. Like, that's going to be a crazy fight in the lightweight division. Definitely the winner of that is probably going to get a title shot. So that's definitely like a number one contender fight. Two of the better fighters. Michael Chandler coming from Bellator. Justin Gaethje had a history outside the UFC and World Series of fighting. So that would kind of be a cool storyline. They both have good wrestling. And like that fight could definitely get violent. And I've been waiting to see that. And apparently these guys have been talking shit. Online, like, saying that, like, each other were, like, ducking the fight. Like, just Gaethje said Chandler was ducking the fight because he took the Oliveira title fight, and Gaethje really wanted to get another fight. He hasn't fought since he fought Khabib, so he definitely wanted to stay active, and that wasn't possible, so... That's pretty much that. But I was just seeing, like, some potential, like, mock-up for UFC 268, and it's saying that, like, Israel Adesanya could be facing Marvin, uh, Marvin Vittori. That was the last time. Robert Whitaker at that event, and Jorge Masvidal could potentially be fighting also. They could potentially be doing the Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz rematch. I just saw this on some thing, but, like, it was, like, also those two fights included on the UFC 268 fight card. And that would make sense because, like, that's in a couple months and that would give them time to train shit. So my first thought was, like, Aljamain Sterling should definitely fight Peter Yan in New York. Aljo's from Long Island. It would probably mean a lot to him to defend the title, but I don't know when they plan on doing that fight yet. Could be earlier than that. So... That's pretty much it for UFC. I'm really just getting excited for NFL training camps underway this weekend. Peyton Manning gets into the Hall of Fame. Finally, it was supposed to be last year. Oh, no, it wasn't. It's this year's class. Anyway. It seems like everything got pushed back a year with the Olympics and like all the fucking soccer tournaments and shit. They all say twenty twenty. It's fucking confusing the shit out of me. It's like it's twenty twenty-one guys. It's like I don't wanna relive twenty twenty again. Twenty twenty fucking sucked. So yeah. Anyway, some NFL news right now. This is some breaking news. Carson wants to have surgery twelve weeks on his injured foot and it's not good news. So, that's that for the Colts right now. They obviously just got Carson Wentz, and he hasn't even played a snap yet for them. And now he's out with another injury, proving my point that that guy is injury-prone. Obviously, as a Giant fan, and he was on the Eagles for many years, so, like, he didn't win them a fucking Super Bowl. Nick Foles did, so, like, fucking, you know what I'm saying? Like, maybe he is injury-prone, and he can't help it. Who knows? So, the Minnesota Vikings are dealing with, like, all their quarterbacks having COVID. I don't really know how that happened, but obviously we do know how it happened. Kellen Mons has positive for COVID-19. Kirk Cousins. Higher risk, close contact. So that basically takes out their top two targets for the first couple of days. I mean, their top two quarterbacks, rather. So, like, they don't have anyone progressing the offense for Minnesota right now. Obviously, in Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers basically got his contract altered. So... After this season, he can explore other options. If he's still not happy, and he might want to do like a sign-and-trade and try to go to the Broncos or something like that, or another team. Obviously, like if he went to the Broncos, it would obviously be the comparison to Peyton Manning, so he might want to go and change a different franchise. He's from California, maybe the 49ers. Like could definitely be... A match made for Aaron Rodgers. Just a thought coming from my mind. There aren't too many sports going on right now, but the U.S. women's soccer team, they are not getting the gold medal this year, unfortunately. Obviously, they're one of the biggest favorites, one of the biggest powerhouses in the world for women's soccer, soccer in general. They've been winning everything as of late, but... They lost 1 0 to Canada. Did not think Canada would be able to beat the U.S. women's national team, but they did. So that's that. And the men's national team, who didn't qualify for the Olympics, they're trying to qualify for the World Cup, and they are definitely stepping in the right direction because they won the Gold Cup last night, which is basically like the Euro tournament for the United States and the South American region. So they faced Mexico last night, and they scored a goal in extra time to win 1-0. And, yeah, they're definitely trying to qualify for the World Cup and having Christian Pulisic on the United States men's national team, like, he could definitely help them. Get to the World Cup after not being a factor in the last one. So that's pretty much it. Javi Baez hit a home run in his debut for the Mets, and all of the Cubs that left their team, like <laughs> they all hit home runs the first game on different days. So Cubs fans definitely were like, damn, yeah, Anthony Rezzo, he's been ripping it up for the Yankees. Like They definitely needed a little spark plug. They look to try to get a wild card spot. They need to win a lot of games. The Mets are right where they need to be at the moment. Jacob DeGrom is out until September. So is Lindor, probably. And we could potentially getting Noah Syndergaard back for the playoffs in September also, so we just got to believe and the Mets can possibly go on a run this year that is reminiscent of 2015 when they made the playoffs and then went to the world series and lost obviously, but like hopefully we have a better outcome this time. We added Javi Baez. We added some pitching. Obviously Lindor needs to get healthy also. So we have one of the better infields in all of baseball and we just got to keep winning. And it's been an episode of One Stop Shot. Hope everybody has a good day. Peace out.